Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I kind of expected that when I sat down and turned on the computer, logged into social media, that Taylor Swift would still be trending. (laughs) Did you guys see the header for the NFL Twitter account? This is the actual NFL Twitter account. Not only has it been amended to say the NFL and then in parentheses Taylor's version. I don't know if if you follow Taylor Swift, you know that she's re-releasing a bunch of her music. And she's calling it her own version, my version. Meaning she's releasing the songs and the music the way that she wants to present them and the way that she wants to play them, the way that she wants to perform them, as opposed to the way the studio or the producers dress them up or change them from her original thoughts or plans. It's just a, it really is, it's a situation that many young entertainers, and I would say even young broadcasters have to go through, where before you become big enough, quote unquote, before you have enough experience, before you are financially stable or you are willing and ready to gamble on yourselves, well, you have to take instruction and you have to, a lot of times, give up some creative autonomy in order to keep your job. I've been there. Clearly, many musicians are there as well, especially before they become big before they strike it rich, so to speak. Now Taylor can make any decision that she wants to over her music and over her her songs and, and, you know, she wrote them, she owns them now. But initially she had a contract with a record company and producers and and likely they changed her music and it wasn't what she wanted it to be or they, they changed some of the creative elements that she really liked. And so now on her Twitter and on all of her social media, when she talks about re-releasing songs and re-releasing her music, she includes in parentheses, my version or Taylor's version. So now the NFL has that on its Twitter handle, NFL in parentheses, Taylor's version. And you have to go check out the Twitter account because the header photo so mine's the beach. Her the, the the header photo of the NFL is now her and Donna Kelsey 
Travis and Jason's mom in the suite yesterday, and Taylor's mouth is wide open, and she's screaming, wearing the hat that she was wearing, and she's screaming at the top of her lungs. (laughs) So the NFL is selling out, trying to grab as many Swifties as possible. I'm going to be honest and say that I'll bet there are a large number of Swifties, maybe even the majority of Swifties, who had no idea who Travis Kelsey was or what he did for a living or the fact that he even existed before yesterday. (laughs) But that has all changed. And have you all seen the latest rumor or the report, I should say, Oh my gosh, there is an ad for a Chili's burger and fries. Oh no, it's Applebee's, my fault. Applebee's burger and fries on the TV in front of me. And I am so hungry. I could eat that burger and just, it would taste so good. But that's a distraction. So forgive me. Anyway, the, uh, yeah, the Taylor Swift and the Swifties have taken over the NFL, and the NFL has decided they're going to ride this wave as much as they possibly can. But the rumor and the report coming out of Kansas City last night is that Travis Kelsey rented out an entire restaurant, which I think may have had a rooftop bar or rooftop seating area, something like that, rented out an entire restaurant for a private party with Taylor Swift. You gotta fight! (laughs) Exactly. Or in his case, you just have to rent out the entire restaurant. You just have to pay for it. You don't have to fight for it. You just have to pay for it. Know your role and shut your mouth, (laughs) you jabroni! I wonder if he tried that line on her. Uh, And so I guess there were other patrons in the restaurant around 8 o'clock Central Time. Remember, this was an early game, right? It was, oh, no, no. was it? No, it was a late game. It was a later game. So it would have been a 325 Central Time start, 325 Kansas City start. Apparently, around 8 o'clock local time, the restaurant managers and, and wait staff started to bring out doggy bags for all of the people who were still eating in the restaurant. And they were given doggy bags full of food. And then they were told, hey, you can have free drinks if you go down the road to our sister restaurant or our sister bar. So they they were cleared out. And then apparently it was Travis and it was Taylor and it was teammates and it was friends, but it was a private party. And of course, mom was welcome there too. I do not know if Justin Fields was invited. Probably not. Who the f*** is that guy? Right. People were saying that about you, Travis. And somehow you are now connected (laughs) to one Taylor Swift. It's crazy town. Seriously, the NFL now intersecting with Taylor Swift as if the NFL wasn't crazy enough. Let's get a little Taylor Swift into the equation and see how it takes off and, and develops a life of its own. It's time to have some fun. Yeah, so she's not trending on Twitter right now, but she is the NFL's brand new header photo because why not? Might as well ride that horse until he gets tired. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We'd love to have you find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS, or my Twitter, A Law Radio. If you haven't yet voted for Monday MVP, the poll is still available. 
In fact, I'll tweet it now. Just a couple hours left to cast your vote. And I know that many of you wanted me to include Taylor Swift in the poll. Uh, yeah, that's that's not really how we do things about here or around here. But if you think that she deserves a vote, well, you can always send us a tweet or a Facebook post with your uh, with your write-in vote for her. Or some of you are just sending me memes and gifts of Taylor Swift. Uh, we've got candidates from the Packers, Chargers, Browns, and Dolphins, and a relatively close race. So again, check that out on Twitter, either our show Twitter or mine, and then also on our Facebook page. And if you haven't yet meandered over to our YouTube channel in the last week or so, there is a brand new video that has absolutely nothing to do with sports except... It does answer the question of why I'm getting married on an NFL Sunday. (laughs) So it's the first part. We'll call it part one of Ask Amy Walks Down the Aisle. Do you ever watch Wheel of Fortune? And they have that category called, I think it's called before and after, where it's two phrases that come together over a pivotal word in the middle. So in this case... I mean, it wouldn't be as clever if I had, if I, uh, had to tell you about it, right? Uh, it's Ask Amy anything, but it's just Ask Amy, and then it's Amy walks down the aisle. So that's kind of how I bridge the gap. And many of you have already seen it, including a good number of Bob's family, <laughs> including Bob himself. And so if you want to check it out, these are... Oh, gosh. How many, Producer Jay? These are the, what, 15 wedding questions that were relatively common. And that's just part one. The frequently asked questions about Amy's nuptials. I know I did just go third person on your butt. Uh, the, The frequently asked questions will be released in time for the hump show. But this is part number one. And I'm a little nervous that... I gave away too much. I don't know. Because this is all new for Bob's family and for Bob himself. Now, thankfully, he thought it was fun and thought it was not over the top. I hope he would tell me if he did think it was over the top. But I'm not actually sure. (laughs) So anyway, you can check it out on our YouTube channel, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. And while you're there, we would ask that you like it. If you do like it, don't lie. Right? We don't want people to lie if they like it. Oh, Jay thinks you should lie. You should just go ahead and say that you like it. Um, And most importantly, he would love it if you would subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've seen the numbers go up over the past couple of weeks since uh, we released two new videos. And we do have a third one that we will drop coming up on The Hump Show. So plenty of traffic there to our YouTube channel. Again, you can check it out. After Hours with Amy Lawrence on YouTube. All right. Now, we've got a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. That is staring us in the face. We've got week three now completely in the books. And so we do have all the material, all the evidence that we need to go back and to review. And really to check the pulse of not just the NFL, but your favorite teams uh, now that we're three weeks in. I said this to you on our last show, but I will say it again. Over the course of the NFL playoffs and really the expansion of the regular season going back to 1990, right? So we've seen various iterations of not just the regular season, but also of the playoff bracket. 
But going back to 1990, there had been 158 teams who started 0-3. Again, predating the 17-game season, so that will likely change the numbers a little bit. Oh, my gosh. Now there's a Wendy's Frosty on the TV in front of me. Why? Stop teasing me with the food. Of the 158 teams, or 158 times that a team started 0-3, only four of them have ever made the playoffs. Uh, That's according to the people who keep the stats. It's not me. I'm just passing them along. But the number is eeny teeny beeny. It's eensy, weensy. It's minute. It's minuscule. It's marginal. It's not the rule. It's an aberration when a team that's 0-3 makes the postseason. Impossible? Nope. And we've seen some pretty crazy stuff. We've seen teams that were 1-5 make the playoffs. We've seen teams with five-game losing skids make the playoffs. But historically, not that the NFL is doomed to repeat its history or that any team is doomed to repeat its history, but historically, teams that are 0-3 make the playoffs a very small percentage of the time. I think the number is about 2.5%. Don't quote me on that. Roughly 2.5%. Which is why with the Minnesota Vikings now, they are in dire straits. Which is why you got to feel a sense of urgency if your team is 0-3. The Denver Broncos. I don't know why anyone's talking about playoffs with Denver Broncos in the same sentence. The Chicago Bears, same situation. The Carolina Panthers, absolutely. And I don't know that they had playoff designs, though maybe a little more so in the NFC South, but those are your 0 for teams right now. The biggest shocker is definitely the Vikings because they won the NFC North last year, had double-figure wins. I know that they were embarrassed in the playoffs. Well, embarrassed. I know they lost in the playoffs, but at the same time, they were considered to be a real strong contender to win the North Division again but also to make some noise in the postseason. It's September. We shouldn't be talking about the postseason, but we are anyway. They brought in a new defensive coordinator, right? They They brought in some pieces to try to shore up their defense because that was part of the issue with them last year, the major issue. It's not the offense. I know they've changed some of their pieces offensively, but they still have... Justin Jefferson, still have an Alexander Madison, not a Dalvin Cook. But the the challenge for them was defense. So they bring in Brian Flores uh, off of the Pittsburgh staff. Remember, Mike Tomlin kind of threw him a lifeline. So now he's back as a defensive coordinator in Minnesota and yet 0-3. And their challenge has been turnovers. So I'm not sure you can blame that on the defense. But their challenge has been turnovers. So that's the major surprise. Panthers, Bears, not a surprise. Those are your three 0-3 teams in the NFC and then just the Broncos remaining in the AFC. The AFC is thick around the middle, right? You've got one team that's a perfect 3-0 and one team that has yet to win. 
Everybody else is clumped together in the middle. So as the dust settles on week number three, we're going to get to our doubleheader from Monday night. Jalen Hurts with flu-like symptoms. Joe Burrow nursing that strained calf muscle and actually honest about how it affected him. Sure, more turnovers. It's still early. Offense is still trying to find their rhythm and their grooves. And then at the top of the hour, he's a night owl, which is great. TJ Reeves from the Buccaneers radio network, who is there in Tampa on the sidelines for a battle between two teams that were previously undefeated, but the Bucs obviously pick up their first loss. Every team in the NFC South lost a game this weekend. Seriously, NFL Network showing Taylor Swift right now. What is happening? (laughs) The NFL is sold out. Did you ever think the NFL would be a sellout? (laughs) Kind of funny, though. Did you see on, I guess it was on ABC, when they highlighted Jason Kelsey and DeAndre Swift standing next to each other? (laughs) I saw that. Did they really have to do that? That actually made me laugh out loud. And then it turned into a big thing on social media, on Twitter is where I was looking at it. People talking about it. The rumored connection between the offensive lineman, Jason Kelsey and his top running back, DeAndre Swift. (laughs) But just just to catch the camera shot of the two of them standing next to each other, Kelsey and Swift. That was brilliant. Whoever took that photo, that was brilliant. I mean, the jokes, the jokes will never die down or they won't anytime soon. And they might not until Taylor writes a few songs about Travis. Then it becomes official. That's how you know it's official. Okay, so we're going to dive into the late game between the Rams and the Bengals coming up here momentarily. If you haven't yet voted for Monday MVP, I see you with your write-in votes for Tay-Tay. On Twitter, After Hours CBS, as well as my Twitter, and then on our Facebook page, too. Take some time. Check out the YouTube channel. I'm telling you, we answer your questions because you just kept slinging them at us, flinging them and slinging them. And so we decided we would make it easy in one fell swoop for answering all of your questions. And that's just part one. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's a Monday. Jay and I did a face plant right into a Monday. Oh, man. Mondays after NFL Sundays, especially when you have an old dog that does not think that sleep is necessary. Well, she sleeps, just not when I sleep. Because why would you ever sleep when your mom is sleeping? What's the point of that? It's so it, it was a... Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It was a Monday. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. at their own 30. Stafford back to throw, has to scramble, sidearm, boom, Pick, picked off, yeah. intercepted at the 41 by Logan Wilson, and the Bengals will start in Rams territory with 338 left in the half. Burrow gives to Mixon, Joe finds him, up Get the in. middle, yeah. he runs into yeah. the end zone, nice. touchdown, nice. Bengals, and now he does a jungle jump. Into the crowd, sitting with the fans after scoring a go-ahead touchdown with 5.34 left in the third quarter. Off the field, on the money, and after hours, it's time to talk football with Amy Lawrence. Some defense and some offense and all of it needed for the Bengals against the Los Angeles Rams. This game taking place in Cincinnati. And I will not forget it. It's the night that our friend Boomer Esiason is honored with a spot on the Bengals ring of honor. Really neat for him to be there at halftime and receive a jacket, he said, and had to fly out right after that, of course, because he does a radio show in New York early in the mornings. But... Great uh, for him to finally get a spot in the Bengals ring of honor. And it was mentioned multiple times on the broadcast, including Kevin Harlan, his former broadcast partner on Westwood One, who's now with our friend Kurt Warner. Our friend Kurt Warner. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, you get a pair of Logan Wilson interceptions plus a Joe Mixon 14-yard touchdown run where he's banging off tacklers. And that was a 13-9 lead for the Bengals. There are a lot of missed opportunities here, as I say, uh, points left on the field where each team was settling for field goals instead of getting into the end zone. Uh, It wasn't until late that the Rams were able to find pay dirt. So, yeah, the Bengals... They were only into the red zone one time, but they did capitalize when they got in there. As for the Rams, they were one for four in the red zone 
And that leaves you with a lot of what, what, what ifs, what ifs. There were some pretty impressive moments for the Los Angeles Rams, but they just couldn't capitalize on the majority of their opportunities. Uh, there was a really incredible Akello Witherspoon uh, interception. If you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and look it up on YouTube or on Twitter. He snags the ball. Well, he and I think it was T. Higgins, was it? Uh, I'd have to go back and look who the receiver was. Uh, But he and the receiver get to the ball at the same exact time. And it sure looks like it's going to be a reception. No, it's Tyler Boyd, excuse me. Certainly looks like it's going to be a reception for Tyler, except that Witherspoon has got a couple of palms on it. He does this acrobatic move, something that you would see in the martial arts or in a you know, movie where you've got FBI agents and what, I don't know, trained special forces. He's got his palms on the ball. He does a front flip a somersault forward, and his momentum as he hangs onto the ball, his momentum in doing this front flip and this somersault forward actually snatches the ball out of the hands of Tyler Boyd. It was incredible. So, yeah, both teams end up with turnovers. Both teams end up with missed opportunities. Ultimately, the the Bengals were able to hang on. The calls there with Dan Horton, Dave Lapham on the Bengals radio network. Uh, there was an onside kick at the end, but, and not but, it, the Rams end up losing by three. So there was a chance there, but the Bengals cover it up and they're able to seal their first victory of the year. So yeah, this is a big deal. Finally get into the win column, especially when you're talking about a very challenging AFC North. You got to get that first win. And it changes everything, changes the week, changes the momentum. Um, to hear them get a chance to, to sing the song in the locker room is good. So, again, it, it creates a lot of positive energy over the week, which we haven't had the last couple of weeks. You just feel that kind of hanging over you. Uh, but I thought our guys, you know, managed this game well. It, it starts really with the defense. The defense set the tone for us in the first half while the offense was trying to get their feet underneath them. Um, you know, and so to hold them to, what, six points at halftime, I think it was, and then allow the offense to go out and, and start to get some momentum and play with a two-score lead, um, that's the type of football game we're used to playing. Yeah, it's really interesting to look at the stats because it would be tough to figure out who won this game or really what the score was if you were just looking at stats or you wouldn't know that it was only a 19-16 final because the Bengals possessed the ball 12 more minutes than did the Rams. So they're overwhelmingly winning the time of possession battle. They have 22 more offensive snaps with the ball than do the Rams. They end up with more yards um, they actually, it, neither team was able to rush the ball. Uh, so with the Joe Mixon touchdown notwithstanding, that was actually a good chunk of their rushing yardage tonight. Just a little disjointed for both teams in different stretches. And for the Rams, they go one for 11 on third down. So yeah, one for four in the red zone, one for 11 on third down. Uh, they could not capitalize when they had to. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. We'll hear from the Rams coming up a little bit later on. But the big story, even before this game kicked off, is the fact that Joe Burrow was dealing with a calf injury and that he was playing despite not being 100%. That was very clearly communicated. He was not 100%. I mean, I'm in here saying day-to-day because that's what we're doing. You know, and it's... Um... 
you just never fully know. And, and uh, you know, you just want honest responses from him, which he gave. And you talk to the doctors, and everyone gets on the same page and feels good about it. And he goes out there and delivers a performance like he did. I feel good. We, we didn't have any, any setbacks today. Um, but still, still day to day, you know, it, I've learned through this process that it, it can, you can have one at any time. So um, it was good that, to get through this one. That means it'll be stronger for this week. Um, so hopefully I can have a full week of practice to, to prepare for next week. So Joe Burrow goes 26 of 49. You know, we're talking about roughly 50%, a little more than 50%. 259 yards. He got sacked a couple of times. He did have the one interception that I just talked about with Witherspoon. So did the calf injury limit what he was able to do out there on the field? I was pretty cautious with with extending plays. Um, I, was, I was quick to throw the ball away, uh, but uh, we were able to get the job done. Joe's toughness, we're just used to it, you know, so you kind of take it for granted at times because he's, he's played through a lot of stuff over the last however many years he's been, what, four years? Is it four years? He's played here four years. And uh, so, again, he's, he's always a guy that it's appreciated when your quarterback goes out there and is dealing with something as significant as he was and, and uh, able to battle through it, throw the ball 40-something times. Um, you know, so that was, that was really, you know, escaped a couple pressures too and got the ball out of his hand. So that was big time. I mean, be ready. You know what I'm saying? I mean, be ready and give us all your best. You know what I'm saying? Joe already given us his best, so we have no choice but to follow and, and lead more. Jamar Chase saying when our leader goes out there, and we know he's not 100%, but he's going to play hurt. Well, that means we have to give it our best, too. And he certainly did. Uh, was a major piece of the offense, a major target for the offense, a dozen catches for 141 yards. Though Jamar actually wants to highlight the Den- uh, Denver. Nope, no one's highlighting anything about Denver. The Bengals' defense. Our defense is crazy good, man. They show it every year. Got one of the best linebackers in the game, and our secondary is just getting better. They're young, but the core is just getting better. And our up front is even more amazing as our uh, linebackers, so that tells us everything. I like what the defense did. Uh, I would say that there are still ways in which we're going to see these Bengals get better on both sides of the ball, uh, whether it's because of the offensive limitations that's putting extra pressure and stress on the defense. Well, okay. Um, but they certainly did do well in limiting the run for the Rams, so that was important. Neither team, though, looked particularly fluid or smooth offensively. Man, it's a lot of fun to watch Puka Nakua, though. Boy, he is awesome. And to hear his story and see him highlighted over and over, five more catches for him, 72 yards uh, now in in this game. But the fact that he's the volume guy, right? He's really filling the shoes of Cooper Cup and maybe then some. Uh, but Cooper was the security blanket for Matthew Stafford. He was a guy who would do anything. He would go anywhere on the field, really difficult to keep track of. And Puka Nakua is out there catching everything that Matt Stafford throws at him. And then you've got the rookie Tutu Atwell as well, who gets into the end zone for their touchdown late. Uh, Not the rookie. I'm sorry. Uh, Puka's the rookie Tutu, a couple of years in with the Rams. Uh, but he gets into the end zone with the late touchdown for them. So, yeah, kind of making the, the game, the margin more respectable, a little bit a little bit competitive and more interesting at the end. I saw some people complaining about it with, because of the betting and the spread and all that jazz. 
Uh, but this was about getting Joe Burrow on the field, trying to protect him as much as possible. He says he wasn't holding on to the ball too long, wasn't trying to extend plays. Uh, so, yeah, the, there was risk to go out there, uh, maybe tweak it again, injure it again. But they understood the sense of urgency because they didn't want to fall into an 0-3 hole. We'll hear from the Rams and their side of things as they fall to one and two now and talk about young guys. There are a lot of young guys around Matthew Stafford uh, that offense is a work in progress more so than some of the other teams that have started out slowly because they've got so many different pieces. (laughs) What did Kelly Stafford say on her podcast before the season started uh, that Matthew is trying to find a way to connect with all of these young guys in the Rams locker room because they're in a bit of a rebuild or a retool, a reworking of the roster uh, thanks to salary cap restrictions and all that jazz, right? Remember how Les Snead wore the t-shirt that said F them picks after they won the Super Bowl? Yeah, well, the problem is you do that and and you sell out and you go and you trade away all your picks and you sign free agents, you know, big free agents to be sure, but you sign free agents to these fat contracts and you give away a lot of money. Well, then you're cash strapped and you're really you're really left in a position where you don't have cheaper ways to add to your roster, right? Because you you don't have as many picks, which means you can't add, and I don't want to say they're cheap talent, but rookies don't cost as much as high-priced veterans. I mean, that's that's an obvious way that, that teams are able to stay under the salary cap and add talent at the same time. That's why draft picks are so valuable because those rookies – have lower salaries, and so they fit. You can fit more of them under a salary cap, but that's not been the reality for the Rams. And so now they're trying to figure out how to make it work with a bunch of young guys or guys that I don't want to say they got them off the scrap heap because that's not fair, but not high price free agents. So it's Matthew Stafford in the middle of a rebuild. He did not want to go through one in Detroit, but now he's going through one in LA. So we'll get more of the reaction from Bengals beating the Rams for their first win. uh, And we'll dive into Buccaneers and Eagles, which was total domination in the trenches on both sides of the ball. I would say the Bucs ran into an Eagles buzzsaw, both the offensive and defensive lines. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on Twitter, A-Law Radio, our Facebook page too. You are listening. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to the After Hours Podcast.
at the one of the Bengals, third and goal on the gun. Williams at the side of Stafford, moves the receiver out well. Shotgun snap, drops back three, throws in the end zone, caught backpedaling, belt high, side catch, touchdown. Atwell on the far side of the end zone, three yards deep, Stafford's first touchdown pass tonight. A one-yarder and a new score in Cincinnati with 103 to go. First third down conversion right there, four-point Bengal lead as they come up with big play after big play, but the rookie receiver pulled off the biggest play of all. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. There was a touchdown. There was a moment in which the Rams were into the end zone, and it gave them a bit of life. The Bengals still had to make sure they came through on one last play. 103 to go. Maher ready for the onside kick. The Bengals up three. He dribbles it forward. The Bengals recover it. Mitchell Wilcox grabbing the ball at the 46. And that is Coffin Nails. Hmm. Bam. 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 See, I knew it. I knew it. And the Bengals were able to recover the Onside kick, and the defense comes away with a pair of interceptions and six sacks. Dan Horde and Dave Lapham there on uh, Bengals Radio, Kevin Harlan on Westwood One. But even before that Atwell touchdown reception, here's what stood out to me. They had pulled they had pulled the the uh, Witherspoon interception. They had gotten it off of Joe Burrow. They had kept the Bengals from scoring again. But they're very... Next drive was a three and out. So they waste the interception. Then when they get the ball back, what do they do? They have another three and out. So in the fourth quarter, a pair of three and outs when they needed the points, even a field goal, you know, in that juncture, and they end up losing by three, would have been better than nothing. But a pair of empty possessions after the takeaway, and they don't score until a minute left, in which case your options and your time are running out. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. So Sean McVay, big believer in that Bengals defense. They did a nice job, but I mean, they were they were fairly, you know, in alignment with what we kind of expected. And it was just, you know, sometimes it was some execution. There was a couple things like Jordan mentioned where, you know, they were being able, able to apply some pressure. And then we ended up getting some conversions that then you end up getting penalties that take you out of it. And now you're, you know, you're way behind the sticks and you're almost just trying to say, okay, let's just give ourselves some room for a punt. So there was a handful of those. And um, again, there'll be a lot of things that we can learn from from this tape, and uh, and that's coaches and players alike. The biggest thing for us tonight was missed opportunities early in the game in the red zone. Obviously, if we can come away with some sevens there, um, you know, it's it's probably a little bit different game later on. Um, obviously, turnovers, uh, miscommunication on one of the protections, and then the other one. Uh, I mean, I'm throwing it to where it needs to go, and and you know, Mike Hilton read out of the uh, read out of his pressure because we had him picked up. And uh, sometimes those things happen, tips and, um, you know, go to the other team. Uh, just keep playing on those. But um, those are, you know, times where we lost points. I just can't believe that they went not just one for four in the red zone because, again, that, that speaks to consistency at this juncture in the season. But how about one for 11 on third down? It's just execution when it comes down to that, you know. Um, obviously put ourselves in some tough spots, had some third and extra longs. Um, didn't do a good enough job there. And then, um, you know, uh, I'd have to go back and watch all of them for you. But, um, 
Yeah, we just didn't execute. You know, throwing and catching is the name of the game on third down. We didn't do that well enough. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Even as the Rams slip to one and two and the Bengals get their first win. So both these teams are sitting on the same record. Who is your Monday MVP? Still a couple minutes. Uh, like More like 90 minutes. A couple. It's... You know, it's all in the interpretation. <laughs> a few mins left for you to vote for the Monday MVP on either Twitter, After Hours CBS, or our Facebook page. So this whole doubleheader Monday Night Football thing is actually not easy. Uh, it, it, I'm glad that you like it, if you do, with the two games. But it's not easy. I feel like I'm trying to keep track of two March Madness games that have been straddled or started at the same time or two NBA playoff games. Um, and it's weird because they do picture in picture and and they'll have the two games going on at the same time or they'll have like a box in one quarter where you can see either the score or kind of see it in a much smaller window. What's happening on the other one? I don't know. It, I don't know the reason why. I just know that it's a lot. Uh, and so I'm okay with they're just going back to one game on Monday Night Football, and that will be the case for week four uh, to start on, I guess it starts on Thursday, right? What I don't even know what today. It's Monday night. So it's still a few days away. My brain my brain is muddy. My brain feels like a Monday. So the, the starting of the first game an hour before the other, and so they're not quite at halftime, and now you got two games to monitor at the same time. It's a little bit too much of an NFL Sunday, and I thought we got through all of that. The first game was the opposite of, of this one, right, where you had a couple of teams who were trying to, to uh, get, well, the case of the Bengals trying to get their first win, the Rams trying to get above 500 uh, and be – hovering there in the NFC West. Well, the game that started early on ABC was between a pair of teams that had yet to lose. So we knew one of them was going to come away with a 3-0 and record. And initially, what became very apparent is it was physical, and it was fierce, and it was tough, uh, and it was a fight for yards and a fight for the football, to be sure. Um, and even with Jalen Hurts feeling under the weather, just so many weapons that he has at his disposal. Hurts on the gun. He's back. He steps up. He's looking. Still looking. Has time. Let's it go. And it is complete. Touchdown! A you give Jalen Hurts enough time, Zacchaeus got open, and Jalen threw a 34-yard strike. This was really the epitome of what the Eagles want to do and what they were able to do in this game, which is control the ball. And if you control the ball, you control the game. That touchdown that you hear with Merrill Reese on Eagles Radio capped a five-minute possession, a five-minute drive that went 84 yards for the Eagles. And they were up at that point 10-3. to three. They were able to run the ball. The Buccaneers not able to run the ball. And, yeah, late in the first half, you had three consecutive possessions that resulted in turnovers. Buccaneers turned it over. Then the Eagles turned it over. Then the Buccaneers gave it right back to the Eagles. So, yeah, I got a little sloppy there to end the first half. Uh, and and so kind of a any momentum that the Eagles offense had kind of ran right into halftime there. Um, but they are a team that can create momentum because of their ability to run the ball. Nick Sirianni does not hesitate. The offense stays right where they are. 
Fourth and goal. Rain beginning to fall again in Tampa, Florida. 13-3 Eagles. They'll line up again for the quarterback sneak. Hurts gets pushed over the left side. No signal yet. Hurts looking. Eagles looking. Touchdown, Philadelphia. He just got pushed over the left side into the end zone for six and a 19-3 Eagles lead. The Jalen Hurts touchdown was really one of those where he gets pushed and shoved and pulled in every which direction so that the Eagles can get him across the goal line. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that rule. There are a lot of people who don't like that rule at all. So it may be one that is again revisited by the competition committee. But for now, uh, Jalen Hurts into the end zone, and that's something the Eagles do very well. They create space. They move piles. They move the line. And... In this case, they drag, push, and pull their quarterback over the goal line. So ultimately, because of the Eagles' ability to run the ball, even though the Buccaneers got a late touchdown and looked pretty fluid on their late touchdown drive, uh, the disparity is this. 201 rushing yards for the Eagles, only 41 for the Buccaneers. And there was a decided advantage in the trenches. Now, coming up next hour... We'll let you hear from Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts as they start out 3-0. and Just like the Niners. Oh, how odd. The last two teams standing last year in the NFC are both 3-0. and But straight ahead, we'll talk about the Bucs and their first loss. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 